0: We have an emergency. What is your location? Woo! Rescue Radio. Because there's a war for your soul.
1: Yes, Father God, we know we are in... presence of a silent emergency, Lord God, one that very few people actually are aware of because they don't hear the sirens. But the warning is clear, and so we ask you, Father God, to set out the warning to your people, the warning and the encouragement, the wisdom, the counsel. Father God, we thank you that Jesus Christ, your Son, died on the cross for us to bring us back to the place of restoration and healing and salvation. We thank you, Lord, for the many people today who are looking, basically looking death in the eye and asking you, Father, in your great mercy to reveal yourself to them, the power of your love, the power of eternal life, the power of salvation, that they will not be going into eternity drifting in, but they'll be walking in with grace and confidence into the presence of your majesty. And I thank you, Lord God, there are many today who are wandering and floundering. I thank you that you'll bring your your safety net around them, rescue them out of the sea, that they will not perish, for you're not willing that any should perish. I thank you, Jesus, for giving us your church, the remnant, the power to heal and cast out demons and preach the gospel, and bring help and healing and hope and encouragement to the, to the remnant, to the rest. So Jesus, I thank you. We also rejoice in the fact that the angels of God are with us and working among us, protecting us, Lord God, and that you promise that no weapon formed against us will prosper, that no word said, no deed done, no action taken will be able to be used by the enemy. So protect all of us as we go forward into battle in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, good morning, good Good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are. (laughs) Hey, we're going to be talking today about Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. And uh, this is a very, um, you know, everybody thinks, oh yeah, yeah, we know all that. We know all that. But there's so much going on about shepherding, about deception, about false prophets and false apostles and uh, angels of light And things going on. And Jesus actually said in Matthew 24 that in the end days, the very first thing when they asked him, well, what will be the sign? How will we know we're in the end days? The first thing Jesus said to the disciples was, do not be deceived. Don't go running here and there to everyone who says, I am the Christ.
0: Right. Many, many false prophets. He repeats it about Mm -hmm. uh, many false prophets will come and will deceive many. many. Mm-hmm. Now, Jesus, of course, he is the true prophet, Right. he is the true shepherd, oh, yeah. and he says in John chapter 10, verse beginning with verse 11, I am the good shepherd. Mm-hmm. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep, and we know that's what he did, mm-hmm. and that's what he still does. He imparts his life to us as his, as his sheep. But he who is a hireling, a hireling is like a hired man. And not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is the hireling and and does does not not care care about about the sheep, sheep. right? Uh, I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and am known by my own. So you see the contrast between the good shepherd and the hireling, the one that's in it for his wages, for mm-hmm. he, he's not, job. he doesn't own them. Jesus owns us because he's paid for us by giving his blood on the cross. That That's the purchase price of our salvation. But then there's the hirelings. Now there are a lot of, these days there are a lot of people uh, that are called shepherds. Mm-hmm but they're actually or, hirelings.
1: Or pastors or ministers, or people look to them as the, the leaders, the authorities in what the Word of God means and what it says and how to follow God and how to. But most of them, many of them, have not received the true gospel of Jesus Christ themselves because they're still preaching the gospel of get rid of your sin instead of what are you going to do with the son. And the, the real gospel is, is who has the son has life. And, and they don't—they don't really distinguish that. They kind of mush it all together. And then there's a lot of people who are, you know, actually preaching. Uh, they're the hirelings. They're preaching a gospel for greedy gain, like Paul says. They're peddling the gospel.
0: Yeah, and then there are shepherds that, you know, not only focus on some that focus on getting rid of your sin, getting rid of your sin, getting rid of your sin, and not so much on following the sun. But then there are those that just basically, you know. Basically, what they're saying is, just go ahead, live however you want to, and Jesus loves you, and and that which is true, but that doesn't mean grace is not licentiousness. Grace is not mm-hmm. given you to to continue in your sin, but to overcome sin and to follow the Son. Yep. And so, basically, there's a wolf. Yes, there's wolves all around. Jesus said that there were. Would be wolves in sheep's clothing, right? Ravenous wolves. He says, they they look like sheep. Well, the they thing they look is... like the shepherd, but really they are ravenous wolves. And so there's, we see a lot of wolves, and we'll talk about that in a little bit more here mm-hmm. later. But there are, are wolves. We would call them demonic spirits that are devouring the sheep. These yes, days.
1: angels of light, but they're actually set up in places where people look for. Truth, like in churches, or you know, people, many of these false, these hirelings, and and we're not, you know, it's hard to talk about these things without you saying, "Wow, you're so you're so judgmental, (coughs) you're so negative." But you know, it's it's a place Jesus said, "Don't be deceived." It's a place of warning. Um, There are counterfeits. And Jesus said in Matthew seven fifteen, he said, by their fruits, you shall know them. So when you, you know, it's easy to fool someone if you just get to stand up on a pulpit on a Sunday morning and you have this church full of lovely worship team and, you know, lovely, you know, everything and all the amenities, you know, of the world, you know, added to it to be deceived. And, but, but the thing is, your soul is still going to be hungry and not fed. And so, and, and if you look at the fruit of their lives, what is the, what are they, when they're not on, on the mic. On well, camera. You know, but yeah. Yeah. What is their lifestyle like and what is the fruit? Jesus said, by their fruits, you shall know them. And that Jesus gave his life. Are these men and women willing to, you know, leave the comfort of their home in the middle of the night or, or go, you know, several hundred miles or whatever they need to do to speak to, encourage. Are they willing to pick up the phone and, and make that phone call to encourage a broken, uh, hurting Soul, I and we're not, you know, all we've got to go with is the fruit because we don't really can't judge them. We're discerning. There's a difference between discerning and judging. Discerning means I'm telling you are you're bad, you're you're judged, you're cut off. No, we're not saying that. We're letting God be the judge. We're just discerning. Ah, this is this is rotten fruit, or this is this is you know not fit for consumption. We're not saying. you, you you are, you know, Romans 14, that person has to answer to God. But in the meantime, we have to be aware that there are very many, and this is Old Testament, this is New Testament, this is Jeremiah, this is, he's talking about false prophets and walking in lies. We're in the last days. We don't know how close into or how deeply into the, the, the book of Revelation we are, or, but we are definitely in those days when we know, and people know it, and it's time to wake up. It's time to come up out of that stupor um, for the light of your salvation is near. And so, or Jesus is near. So these, Jeremiah, do you have Jeremiah or do you have Ezekiel? Where are you well, reading? We
0: have Jeremiah. We're talking about the false prophets. Yeah, why don't you read just
1: a little bit about yeah, that? Yeah, a bit of, of
0: it. He says, in Jeremiah 23, verse nine, my heart within me is broken. Now this is Jeremiah speaking. Mm-hmm. Because of the prophets, all my bones shake. I am like a drunken man and like a man whom wine is overcome because of the lord and because of his holy words for the land is full of adulterers for because of a curse the land mourns the pleasant places of the wilderness are dried up their course of life is evil and their might is not right he says verse 11 for both prophet and priest are profane yes in my house i have in my house i have found their wickedness yeah, right there among my people. Yeah, yeah they did that. He says, um, he says, therefore their ways shall be to them like slippery ways, and the darkness they shall be driven on and fall in them. For I will bring disaster on them, the year of their punishment so they, they well see they,
1: the last thing Jeremiah is talking here and Jeremiah is the prophet that came up on the scene just before the j- j- tribes of Judah and Benjamin were were pulled take, off taken into, into captivity. captivity and so the la- this is the last straw he's talking about you know the people on the on the outskirts and on the fringes were wicked and doing these things and worshiping in the high places and and all these horrible, horrible. Things. But they had pulled it right into the church, right into the temple, and they had, you know, built altar and altar there. And they had, you know, they lost the book, the book of the law, and they were just the the the, the very core essence place of truth had been defiled, lost, lost, yeah,
0: L- neglected. And he says, he says they prophesied. He said um, they prophesied by Baal or Baal, yeah. It's like, well, they're prophesying by an evil spirit, by demonic spirits. And he says, uh, he talks about the lifestyle of of these prophets. Verse 14, also I have seen the horrible thing in the prophets of Jerusalem. They commit adultery and walk in lies. They strengthen the hands of evildoers. And so that no one turns back from his wickedness. And all of them are like Sodom to me and her inhabitants like Gomorrah. So... Basically, he says. If basically, if they were speaking, if they were speaking the truth, they would be turning people from their wickedness. Right. He says in the last part of verse fifteen of Jeremiah twenty-three, for from the prophets of Jerusalem, profaneness or pollution has gone out into all the land. It doesn't say that it's from you know political leaders. Mm-hmm. It's from the prophets. Right. And basically, we can look in our day. To you know, criticize and you know yeah. e- all the evil political leaders that we have. But what's the root of it? The source of it is because mm-hmm. the the prophets, the ones that are are there it's to declare to the truth, word of mm-hmm. God, bring the truth, have not done it
1: right. And so, really, ultimately, what we're reaping right now in our political systems and in all the systems of our life is the fruit of a judgment that has come not from God but permitted by God, because we have given place to the devil in every way, to the, the lusts of the flesh, the pride of life. We have not spoken that which is right concerning truth. And <clears throat> in 2 uh, Corinthians, Paul really nails this, and he says in verse 3, but I fear lest somehow as a serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in christ so much of the religious i mean there's everything out there you can't just take 20 minutes to explain what this religious corruption looks like for some it's super strict spiritual legalism to the max um you know clothesline holiness um works appearances uh you know penance all kinds of things that that are um not not helpful in preaching the gospel not helpful in bringing us closer to the lord not helpful in giving us a deeper understanding of who he is and and but in but he says there is a simplicity in christ and yet the, the religions of the world have made it complicated and and always leaving that little crack of doubt like did i do enough did i do is is god mad at me am i doing it right um And that creates that anxiety and that, you know, God doesn't say, abide in me and be anxious. He says, abide in me and know that you are safe. You've got your source, life, love. It's right there.
0: And you you go back to Jeremiah 23 in verse 16. (laughs) Thus says the Lord of hosts, do not listen to the words of the prophets who prophesy to you. They may, he's talking about the false prophets. Which that, that yeah. was, they were in the vast majority, mm-hmm. right? They make you worthless. They speak a vision of their own heart.
1: Worthless lives. Mm-hmm. And not
0: from the mouth of the Lord. And then he talks about those that, you know, have dream dreams. And they talk about their dreams and their visions mm-hmm. for things and, and that becomes said, the basis of their spiritual walk. Right, and it's not the word of the Lord. No. well, They have God, not stood in the counsel see, of the Lord. Let
1: me say something here. You know, God has the truth, and Satan copycats everything God does only for his end, for his hellish ends. And so God gave dreams. He gave dreams to the two Josephs. He right. gave dreams to Daniel. He gave interpretations. He, he He does send dreams, but when he gives a dream... There is a, it's a, there's a reasonable explanation for it. And when, you know, when we try to make up a meaning out of a dream so that someone can think they had a dream from God when they probably didn't, it becomes confusion.
0: He says in verse uh, 28, the prophet who has a dream, let him tell a dream. Just say, okay, this is what I've dreamed. Well, it could be a dream from the Lord. But they were proclaiming their dreams as the word of the Lord. Right. And yet. As n- direction he, from in God. contrast, he said, and he who has my word, let him speak my word faithfully. What is the chaff to the wheat, says the Lord. So he's saying that the, those dreams are like the chaff. The word is like the wheat. Okay.
1: Right. And so, but mo- most people do not understand. Even the preachers, the, the shepherds, even the shepherds who want to be good shepherds, and there are some, they don't really, I don't know. We need to seek God for the understanding through the Holy Spirit of wisdom and revelation in God. But going back to Corinthians for a second.
0: Can I jump in here before oh. you get back there? He okay. says, sorry. Uh, he says, he's I'm, in Jeremiah, I'm in yeah, Corinthians. we're back. We're, it's, all, <coughs> it's okay, you we're, can we're, follow we're, us right. The okay, world, go ahead. word of God, uh, Jeremiah 23, verse 30. Therefore, behold, I am against the prophet, says the Lord, who steal my words, every one from his neighbor. Mm-hmm. behold I am against the prophets says the Lord who use their tongues and say he says mm-hmm. be- behold I am against those who prophesy false dreams mm-hmm. says the Lord and tell them and cause my people to err or to make to get off the track by their lies and by their recklessness yet I did not send them or command them Therefore they shall not profit this people at all, says says the Lord. So basically um, another thing they steal my words everyone from his neighbor, there's plagiarism. You know, sometimes we're just uh, some of the prophets we don't of have our own revelation. tend to be copycats. We, yeah, we don't we're just we're just we're we quoting don't our, yeah. or plagiarizing what somebody else has said instead of really getting the word of God for so, ourselves.
1: So in again in Second Corinthians we're kinda of playing back and forth but <clears throat> for he, it, verse uh, 4. For if he who comes preaches another God, another Jesus whom we have not preached, or if we receive a different spirit which you have not received, or a different gospel which you have not accepted, in other words, you didn't accept it in the past, you may well put up with it. In other words, you may you may put up with it you may accept it you may let it let it go i mean you may follow this but
0: how false, many people these days are putting up with stuff that they should up with, never put up with they put right. up with false teaching they put up with lies they put up with people that are supposed to be shepherds that are living immoral lifestyles we we people put up with that accept it let it go and and it's like and and you sit under that Mm-hmm. For years and years and years, what's you become going numb to, to it. You become desensitized. You can become, become desensitized. Right. There's a blindness that comes over you—a
1: stupor, a deaf stupor, and dumb, absolutely. a passivity. Mm-hmm. And in many of the older church denominations, <coughs> there is now a passivity. They're taught to sit in the pew, sit in the bench, sit in the seat, whatever, and just receive a little of this and that. Try to stay awake, you know, while the preacher's preaching. You might have a little respect right there. No snoring. And then, you know, you get up and you go out and you smile and you say hi and have your cup of coffee, or, and then you go on your way and nothing has changed. Nothing has moved you. Nothing has convicted you. Nothing has stirred you. Nothing has energized you to be again refreshed and emboldened in Christ. And so it's basically a dead church. So he says here in verse 13, verse Paul is talking about this false gospel and people might well put up with it. And then he's talking about his apostleship. And he's saying, did I rob you? Did I, did I rob other churches? Did I take wages from them? Did I become a burden to you? No, no, and no. Because why? Because he loves them. And then he says, but others are trying to be like me. Um, and, and, but he says, they desire an opportunity to be regarded as I am. Uh, and they boast. But he says, these these are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ, mm-hmm for no wonder for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light and there is therefore it is no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness whose end mm-hmm. will be according to their works mm-hmm. now this is why a lot of people i think are falling away from church which is the church and the bride of Christ are not the same thing by the way there are you know in the story of the parable of the 20 Of the 12, 12, 20, the 10 virgins, virgins, sorry, isn't 25? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Anyway, five were wise and five were foolish. And I've always wondered why, you know, okay, so they all found the right door. They were all waiting at the right door for the return of the, of the king or the bridegroom. And, and, and they all fell asleep. So they were all a little bit, you know, weary and they all, you know, fell asleep that's good that's bad that's what they all did but then when the sound of the trumpet came or the knock came or the noise came and they were awakened the five foolish virgins noticed they didn't have any oil left they were running out their lamps were going out and and then they said to the wise ones please give us some of your oil mm-hmm. they didn't even say please but give us some of your oil and the, and the woman the the five wise ones says we can't we know you know go get your own and I always thought, isn't that kind of um, unkind, that you wouldn't share you your... You should
0: share your oil, right? right?
1: I've always kind of stumbled at that. Until this morning, when God showed me that, you know, you think of, we think of oil as a commodity, as something that can be poured from jar to jar or vessel to vessel. But what he's talking about, the anointing he is talking about, is the, the accumulation of wisdom and anointing and and the revelation of Jesus Christ that these five wise virgins had, that you cannot just instantly pour into the vessel of someone else. This is something that has to be uh, received, gained through stewardship, through diligence, through... Um, following Jesus through the, the trials of life, mm-hmm. and so you mm-hmm. can't just instantly pour wisdom and revelation and right standing into another person. They have to go out and get their own. Get your own oil. And so, the, and people say it's the oil of the Holy Spirit. Well, it is the Holy Spirit, but the the revelation, the wisdom, the counsel, the strength, the the, the, the mm-hmm. testimony that God has written in you through your following the Holy Spirit, cannot be transferred to someone else. Does that make sense?
0: Well, your your testimony, a, a lamp gives light. And Jesus said, we are the light of the world.
1: So going back to this idea of the false prophets, the false apostles, deceitful workers transforming themselves, Satan is very good at what he does. I call, he impersonates, he impersonates us to ourselves, he impersonates us to each other, and he also impersonates the Holy Spirit to us as, 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 as a spirit that we should follow. So the it's, it's like the false prophets, the false teachers, the false apostles who mislead and misguide through using the word of God actually to deceive people. Why? How does that work? How can Satan use the word of God to deceive people? Well, Satan is a fisherman. Jesus said to the apostles, I will make you fishers of men. And I think Satan heard that and said, Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. Let's do that. So he sets his hook with what we're hungry for. And he knows that the believers, the the followers of Jesus Christ are hungry for what? The presence of God, the will of God, the purpose of God, the you know, uh, truth. The, the truth. Yeah, the mm-hmm. peace of God. We're hungry. We're we're ready to bite on those hooks. So Satan dresses up the hook to look like peace or the will of God or the presence of God. We love the feeling of the presence of God. And we think feeling the presence of God is what we think is the presence of God may not be the presence of God. It may be a complete counterfeiting because Satan is able to do that. But we don't realize that we think Satan is always black, always bad, always, you know, very in
0: your face, scary and wicked. Yeah.
1: And he's not. He comes looking like your best friend. He comes looking as a, like a savior, a protector. And he was the worship leader of heaven in charge of the anointing. And he carried all that stuff with him when he came down here. That's why music is such a big deal. And speaking of music for a second, please, please guys, when you sing the lyrics over and over of these dead, stupid songs that get running around and ringing around in your head, you know, you're actually agreeing with what those lyrics are. Everything, everything that comes out of your mouth, this is so important. Every word that you utter can be used for or against you because there's death and life in the power of the tongue. And many people, you know, they wonder why they don't get healed. They wonder why this doesn't happen or why that breakthrough doesn't come. It's because in one with one word you say I believe and the second word you say I don't ever think it's going to happen. It's mm-hmm. never going to happen. And so you cancel out your declaration with your fear. And so double-minded man, that's why unstable where you, in all his ways. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And
0: and if if you ask in faith, nothing wavering. Nothing wavering. So the one that's double-minded is not going to receive.
1: So we cannot have the luxury. We do not have the luxury. When Satan squeezes the grape, your little heart, the grape, he pushes, pushes on that heart to, to create fear and confusion and discouragement and anxiety and rejection and wondering if you're okay with God, and he puts all that pressure on you. And then what the heart is full of, the mouth speaks. So out of your mouth comes those words of negativity or despair or doubt or whatever that he uses to cancel out any good things you want to have happen. So what the heart is full of, if you listen to what your heart is full of, you'll listen to your mouth, you'll know exactly what's in your heart and you can deal with it. You say, you know what, that spirit of doubt, that spirit of unbelief, that spirit of grumbling, that spirit of of bitterness, that spirit of whatever. If you name it and confess it, it, it has to be dealt with. It has to, you brought it into the light. It's got to be removed. And so, but people say, they, they just let it go. Oh, wow, that was a, that was a, where did that come from out of my mouth? They don't say that. They say, well, you know, I'm just having a bad day. Or, you know, um, she really hurt me and whatever, blah, blah, blah. We need to get strict and honest with ourselves and say, you know what? It's not the preacher who's going to convict you of your sins, it's the Holy Spirit. And you need to listen to him because he is your friend and your companion. And he's been sent to lead you into all truth. But these false apostles and false prophets, they salve you. They they comfort you. Oh, it's going to be okay. Oh, it's all this. And we're looking for the prophetic word. You know, most of the prophetic words were frustrated because they're prophetic in a way, but they don't come to pass. So are they true prophecies or are they just ways to set us up to become uh discouraged and bitter and 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 um unbelieving
0: in first corinthians it says let the prophets speak two and three and let the others judge so we are to judge prophecy we're to discern is this really from the lord and we have to know it by the word of god and by the holy spirit it's interesting here too in ezekiel 34 beginning with verse one uh just verses one and two um The word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord God to the shepherds, woe to the shepherds of Israel who feed themselves. Should not the shepherds feed the flocks? Now, really the definition of a shepherd is a feeder. Back in those days, shepherds were feeders of sheep. They kept sheep. He says, what you do is, verse 3, you eat the fat and clothe yourselves with the wool. You slaughter the flatlings, but you do not feed the flock. He says, the weak you have not strengthened, nor have you healed those who were sick, nor bound up the broken, nor brought back what was driven away, nor sought what was lost. But with force and cruelty, you have ruled them. And so he says, so they were scattered because there was no shepherd. And they became food for the beasts of the field when they were scattered. And it says, my sheep wandered through all the mountains and on every high hill. Yes, my flock was scattered over the whole face of the earth, and no one was seeking or searcher, searching for them. So basically he's no saying, one goes after you're, them. you're you're feeding yourself. Mm-hmm. And i just thinking, uh, just how many uh, so-called men and women of God have become multiple millionaires billionaires yeah, right and it's like um
1: that's not right
0: I, I mean and they say oh it's just the blessing of God and we should all be entering into that well mm-hmm. um, well Peter I'll, says, I'll, I'll leave that up to you but what? some of them eat the fat they eat the fat they clothe ourselves with the wool basically they're they're basically leaching mm-hmm. they're they're draining the sheep they're taking the lives of the and, sheep rather and, than feeding the sheep but here's here let me just say this Look at this, what's going on? How many here here Here's one of the jobs of a true shepherd, okay? Verse four, strengthening the weak, healing those who are sick, binding up the broken, bringing back those who were driven away, seeking what was lost, instead of just ruling over them as some big celebrity, um, yeah. you know this is this is messy. Yeah. This is nasty, this is inconvenient, yeah. this is hard, this is sacrificial, and that's what a true shepherd will do.
1: Well, Peter, you know, Jude and Peter, they were living in the, you know, right after the cross in the days of Jesus when they wrote these words. Peter said, those who walk according to the, lo- the flesh, in the lust of uncleanness and despise authority, speak evil of things they do not understand, carousing in their own deceptions, uh, beguiling unstable souls... Um, trained in covetous practices. They forsake the right way and have gone astray. They love the wages of unrighteousness, um, for they speak great swelling words of emptiness. They allure through the lust of the flesh, through the licentiousness, the ones who have actually escaped who, who, who from those who are living in error. Um, so they're using a position of liberty as a, as a shepherd to actually defeat the work of Christ. And this is where we are. We're in this, like you said, it's really a messy, messy time. Um, there's so much, there's so much to work through that. That's why a lot of people don't go to church anymore. And they say, well, you know, I don't go to church. And I say, well, that's not necessarily a bad thing right? because a lot of churches, you know, they're the most dangerous place to go to get a revelation of Jesus Christ. Now there are some churches that are really good and they preach the gospel and they actually do what you're supposed to do, preach the gospel, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. They actually are being honest. They're actually bringing forth the gospel of truth. And in those congregations, the people are growing. And it's, it's, you know, you can't though, just go to a church and eat one meal a week from somebody who's, you know, cooked you up something, whatever it is of their revelation, their leftovers, whatever, and expect to live with, with one meal, when in, in fact probably you should be getting about 21 meals a week, seven days times three, 21 meals. Those other 20 meals you're going to have to get for yourself out of the Word of God and through the waiting on the Lord and the meditating in the, the Holy Spirit and stuff so, like that. So
0: it's so important to, like we said earlier, get your own oil. <laughs> yeah go exactly. let let the word of go into the word of god and let the word of god get into you yeah and 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 just really get that understanding from jesus i mean god has given you know apostles prophets evangelists pastors teachers there's many other giftings of the spirit that are here to bless and help us and we we bless those the ones yeah. that are are truly fulfilling that that calling we bless that and we need to honor that but mm-hmm. But the same thing as you—you you just have to. Mm. Uh, you and I have to get our own <laughs> oil, get our own food, gather our own food uh, through the Word of God, through the Word of God, and through you, the Spirit of
1: God. We and, have been trained and taught to believe that someone else has a better revelation, some pastor, somebody with a degree, somebody who went to seminary, knows more about this word than you do. But you know what? That's a lie. You know as much if you can read. Then you have all that you need to do to open the pages and begin to let the Holy Spirit lead the you. Holy some people will people lead say, you. I can't read the book. It's too harsh. It's too critical. I feel so condemned. I get distracted. I can't concentrate. I can't focus. Well, all of that is the attack of the enemy trying to keep you from reading the word of God. And so, Father, we just we thank you, Lord, that we're not here to be negative and critical. We're just here to call attention as you and your um prophets did mm-hmm. to this just terrible confusing time that we're living in back then as well the deception but lord the holy spirit bears witness to our spirit in truth of what is truth so i pray father that we would walk follow you said follow me and so we want everyone who's not following you right now to turn and to follow you you can do that you don't have to you don't not obligated to go to a church or follow a pastor You're not obligated. That's not how we get to heaven. We get to heaven by following Jesus Christ and obeying his word, obeying what his spirit says to us. So, Lord, I thank you for some today. You need to be set free from the church you're going to. And some of you need to find the right church. And some of you need to find the right fellowship. But it's all can be found in Jesus Christ, in his spirit, and in the word of God. If you have a Bible, you're good. Just get in the Bible and start reading. And God will lead you to the fellowship or the group of people that you should be part of and that you will not be deceived um, in Jesus' name. And, and so, and yet one more thing, I just wanted, this is a side note. Um, for those of you, there's so many people that we hear of, I think everybody here knows someone or has heard of someone in the the last couple of days that is dying or got cancer or some sudden, you know, kind of syndrome where they're perishing. And we just kind of look like we stare like a, a deer in the headlights. We don't do anything about it. If you know people who are, you know, diagnosed with terminal illnesses and whatnot, go and reach, especially if you have a relationship with them, reach out, tell them about Jesus. Don't let them perish. Don't let them go into eternity, not having the assurance that they are saved and that they are, you know, going to heaven. Don't be passive. Don't step up, especially if you know them. Reach out, go to them. Um, You know, people are dying and perishing for lack of of knowledge, lack of understanding of where they're at and what's gone on. And many people have got to this place because they didn't have the understanding of the true love of God. So if you know people who are perishing or, or diagnosed with the terminal illness, please reach out to them. Get over yourself and for the, for God's sake, for their sake, for your sake, reach out to them. So Father, we just lift up all those who just even in the last 24 hours have received diagnoses that would bring them face-to-face with death and eternity in a short time. I pray for them that they will be at the right door and that you will speak to them because you are the loving, good shepherd, that they will be able and ready to receive and, and be greeted by you when they enter into eternity. And we thank you, Father, for these things in Jesus' name. And thank you for listening today. And we pray that you would check us out at life recovery.com. We have a lot of um, articles on our website, even that talk about spiritual warfare, talk about counterfeit gospels. Um, and even in a lot of the books, we talk about those things deliverance and the counterfeit gospels. I'm thinking Cravings is a good book for those who are trying to quit what they cannot stop. And in the middle of that book, we talk about, um, you know, the deceptions and the depravity and who are we and who is God. And these are the basic. Basics of what we need to know to walk in the strength and the truth of God's power and victory. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: I have an emergency. What is your location?